Hi, and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. Every week, um, one of the three of us will be reading a big sack of comic books and writing up uh, a pick of the week, which we thought was the best read of that week. And then we come on here and we talk about it and other comics from the week and whatever else happens to come up. Uh, hopefully, it's entertaining. Uh, I'm here with it's it's not though. Uh, I'm here with Ron. Uh, say hi, Ron. Hey, how you doing? And Connor. Hello. And I believe it's Connor's week. It's my and, uh, week. Once again, we've we swung for the fences. Yes, in the spirit of surprising, interesting pick of the week choices for the last five weeks, I went with Gotham Central, which uh, seems to be a regular pick in iFanboy land. But look, we've we, we've had a lot of talk. If you've listened to the podcast in the past, a lot of talk about compromises made and pick of the week choices. A lot of discussion about mediocre books and the best of the medi- mediocre bunch. But Gotham Central is honestly an, an excellent book, and it and it was so good this week that it blew me away and it, it caused me to gasp out loud at the end. I'm really looking forward to reading it, and, which uh, means I haven't read it. <laughs> <laughs> When are you breaking up with your store? Um, it was just, it was really good. It's, it's especially rewarding for somebody who's been following the book the entire way through because um, we're, we're nearing the end of the run of the book. This is something we all, anybody who reads comic book news on the internet knows. It's, it, the book is ending soon, along with a lot of the DC books in this whole Infinite Crisis um, project. But So what we're, we're having now is a culmination of a lot of storylines that have sort of popped up here and there throughout the, the few years the book has been around. Um, notably, the dirty crime scene investigator named Jim Corrigan, who he has showed up here and there uh, swiping evidence, selling 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 a bullet on eBay, uh, framing... Well, well, what was he involved with the shooting? Crispus' well, shooting? The, the bullet thing was that the uh, Crispus had shot somebody. Right, and right. In order, well, he, and in order to clear shooting, Crispus, they had to get the in, bullet back. From but him, he right. took the bullet and sold it on eBay and wouldn't give it back. And so then uh, Montoya uh, right. beat, the, beat the bejesus out of him. Montoya being Crispus's partner. The two... But what Gotham Central used to be... I'll back up just for the, the, the multitudes who don't yeah. read the book. Um, I have no idea what you're okay. talking about. <laughs> Gotham Central is about... Uh, it focuses on on the major case squad uh, unit, major case unit in, in the Gotham PD. Uh, it's like SVU. Yeah, like. it's it's. Well, no, that's sex crimes, but it's it's, it's kind of like. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Wait, no, you're wrong. <laughs> it's it. Ed Brubaker and Greg Rucka used to swap storylines, and when Greg Rucka wrote it, he would focus on two detectives, Renee Montoya and Christmas Allen. When Brubaker wrote it, he pretty much focused on the entire rest of the squad, sort of a more of an ensemble book. Montoya, uh, you may know, uh, was was Bullock's partner. Yeah, she's, she's remember, been remember DC, Bullock, Harvey DCU Bullock. He was in the cartoon. She was in the, oh, she was the, in the car, She was in the cartoon also. Yeah, and she was his partner. She was she, she's the lady cop. She's yeah. uh, she's also she's gay. Yes, it's a provocative so, book. So now that Brew Baker left from Marvel and 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 the the book has fallen to Rucka, um, we've pretty much been just following Montoya and Allen around uh, for the last few months. So. Um, that's 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 who this this is focusing on right now. And it sort of goes into their lives and their personal problems right. along with you know their work, which is why, like, and one of the storylines was I wasn't being facetious. That they had her come out to everybody, and now she has to deal with the being a gay the cop, force, being a gay cop, not easy. out and, and being a gay female cop who's also a minority. My God, it's almost too much to carry. 
Right. And and one of the benefits to having Rucka focus on these two cops for a while is that you get you get a lot more in depth into their their personalities, their relationship as partners and friends. A lot more than the other cops who's you know, you you know you know and you learn about, but not as as deeply as these two because you sort of started to forget about who they were from issue to issue because some of them looked very similar. Right. As, yeah. Well, that's a lot of that's that's an issue I have, I have another for another comic I'll bring up later. Okay. Uh, similar looking characters, but um, what this issue we find Jim Corrigan now now we're we're shifting. This is all about Jim Corrigan, the evil um, crime scene investigator. The, the title of the storyline. Each arc has an overarching title. This one is Corrigan, so we know it's all about him. We 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 sort of in, in the past saw him as a he was a dirty dirty investigator selling evidence, but here we see he's much more uh, evil. He, he the things he's done is, are much worse than we have seen, and we're, we're seeing now. And he's he's sort of a frightening character in that he's got. He he sells evidence. He sells drugs. He he's got a lot of cops under his thumb because he makes some money because he's got connections selling selling illegal police uh, acquisitions. So, and, and once you do something for him, then he's got you in his in yeah. His and you find and in most of the most of Gotham PD is is dirty and it's 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 the it's the reality for the, the good cops are sort of outnumbered ten to one. So. This all plays into what Josh was mentioning earlier about how he, they had to they had to get a favor from him to save the detective from uh, the shooting investigation. So now they can't really prosecute him because then he can turn around and say, "Well, you know, this this sketchy shooting investigation happened, and and, and he'll, he'll turn around and bring them down too." So now they got to figure out a way to bust this guy without him turning on them, and. Uh, I, I don't want to give too much away, especially for Josh who hasn't read it, but it, it turns <laughs> just for me. It turns much. It turns much darker than than, I, than what I was expecting, and what, I guess what they were expecting, because I think I think the police in this instance have vastly underestimated Jim Corrigan and how evil he truly is. So it was really good, and I, I literally gasped out loud at the last page. And they, so. and they they pulled it off. Because I would think that if you make him too evil, then it's no, 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 he's evil in a real, realistic. You're gonna blow my money-making, you know, scheme away. He's not an over—he's not an overtop villain. He's just a bad guy who, right? Like serial serial killer? No, no, no. He's just—he's a bad guy who's self-protective. He steals bad evidence seed. to sell, and he—he okay. he, you're gonna you're, you get in his way. He's—he's he's not gonna give give up his drug business. He's bad. So, he's bad in a way of a Pablo Escobar way. You know, he's a—he's a drug dealer who doesn't want to go to jail. He makes Vic Mackey look like a good cop. Right. He makes Vic Mackey look like a very good cop. So, so what does this have to do with the Spectre? Well, that, that's that's part two, which uh, this is probably something that Josh didn't pick up on, but I did early on when he first popped up. That Jim Corrigan is the name of the Spectre, or was the name was of the, the name of the Spectre for years and years and years until they couldn't figure out what to do with Hal Jordan, and they they got rid of Jim Corrigan and gave, made Hal Jordan the Spectre, and then they. Brought him back, and who knows what happened. Uh, the last time I saw Jim Corrigan, he was going off into heaven. Aww. Now we see Jim Corrigan as this evil guy, and I thought, okay, that's weird. They used the same name, and then thought nothing else of it until this issue where on the cover, as you can see on the website, if you don't have the issue, this, the, the specter of death is sort of the tagline, and the specter, the word the specter is the logo of the comic book character specter, and there's a silhouette yep. in the back that's clearly the specter. So I don't know where this, this is going. 
And this Jim Corrigan looks like the old Jim Corrigan yes, with does. the red hair and the yeah. whole deal. So yeah. I, I, I will weird. say it, it didn't completely miss me. Right. Well, you've you've, you've probably read. Uh, I mean, like I well, I, I mean, like I read it. Kingdom and I Come. had a vague recollection of. It. I was like, that name seems familiar just for some reason, but I almost didn't even realize it. It just I just sort of took pause. Now that you said it, I go, oh, that does make sense. But I may have also been thinking about the Chris Ware book. So right, Jimmy Corrigan. Yeah. So that's that. It's sort of a, sort of a. It's doubly intriguing because now I want to know how this all ties into the the wrathful vengeance of God character. Right. Well, well, have you been reading what's been going on with the Spectre and the whole crisis thing, or do you, are you not part of the Magic DC universe part? Um, not really. Because didn't uh, and I'm not reading it, and I'm only going off what I've read online and stuff like that. But didn't the Spectre just kill the Wizard who gave Captain Marvel his powers, yes, killed like Shazam, and all yeah. that? And isn't like I think Spectre even make, I saw that somewhere. Isn't the Spectre making some big power play in the Magic world? So right. And, and does this tie in? Does it not? Who knows? I mean, it's right. This the is, last Gotham Central. This is Central as far from magic as you can get, so who knows? Right, you know? yeah. But the last Gotham Central, which was like the standalone, that was. Didn't the Spectre the show up? Yeah, but the Spectre showed up and made everybody in Gotham succumb to the Seven Deadly Sins or something like that, didn't he? Oh. I don't know. Huh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you probably read it much more recently than I did. Ah, aha! Yeah, the Spectre showed up in that one. In that, like, it was a standalone issue, which I kind of just thought was sort of a nod to the whole cr- crossover thing going on. But then the Billy Batson dropped out of the sky, and they were like, "Can you help?" And he's like, "I have to go save my family," and he took off, and everyone went crazy. Right. Was that the Spectre, or was that uh, another magical being? I think it was the Spectre. Now that now because it was like his wrathfulness was. On well, the- somehow this all ties in with this Jim Corrigan, and. So it's sort of a dual. There's sort of a dual for me, anyway. There's sort of a dual mystery. How, how are they going to? How or or are they going to bust this guy? Because in in Gotham Central World, they don't necessarily always get the bad guy. And what's how does this have to do with the Spectre? So that's that's why this is my pick of the week. And uh, I think you really like it, Josh, when you finally do buy it. I'm 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 quite looking forward to it. But uh, are, you, are you planning on purchasing it, or? Of course, I will. <laughs> well, he's told me what happens now, so I'm, I may not. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're good now, right? <laughs> I had a couple yeah, other um, synopsis will do better. Than yeah, I didn't give away the main the main cruxes. You didn't give away the big the big thing that shocked you. Basically. I or, do or, know now that there's something that happens on the last page, so I'm gonna have to brace for it. I prefer not to know that. Well, I hate it when somebody goes, and then at the end of the movie, the twist that pisses me off. <laughs> I mean, you. I'm not saying you've done anything wrong. Well, but you I, know how that could be solved is to get your books on Wednesday. Yes. Or I could just forget before then, which is entirely possible. Right. I had now, two, you might you you might forget by the time we finish this podcast. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I have two other uh issues or two other points to make from this week's comics, which was number one, I completely dropped from the neighborhood Spider Man. I decided that I wasn't gonna support this I'm whole all- Dropping books when they're no good. Here to I, well, it wasn't. It wasn't that they were no good. I wasn't going to support the fact that they jumped us right into a crossover in the second issue, and I didn't. I, I wasn't going to support that. I also didn't buy well, um, Spider-Man Black Hat, this Kevin Smith miniseries that took three years in between issues. You, you mean it came out? 
Yes. Uh, issue four came out on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> issue four came out, and it was people were talking about it and joking about it at the store. And I said, I'm not buying that. I can't support that kind of thing. I mean, oh, that's just... awesome. Well, well, Connor, this is your lucky day because I bought both those books. Of course you did. I knew you would. Yeah. We even discussed Wednesday afternoon whether or not we were going to buy them, and I said I wouldn't. And you were in the I fence. I could not. I thought it was. I thought it was. You know, like almost depressingly, like forced irony. In on the title page, they wrote. In the introduction, you know, Marvel Comics presents a book three years in the making, and in parentheses, and hardly worth the wait. Spider-Man, Black Cat, and the evil that men do. But why, why buy it? Why support that? Do you why even remember what money? happened? Because, well, no, actually, I have no idea what happened. I vaguely I remember what happened, and I and I do have to admit that the book that this issue was hardly worth the wait because it wasn't that good. Why financially and, re- reward them for being three well, now, years? Well, it's, it's funny. now they'll it's know funny. that if that happens again, that there will be. I mean, not you, but there's lots of people right. who probably bought it, and now they'll know. It doesn't matter; they'll still buy it. Sure, you're damn right they will. And well, they also they 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 they, re- they collected the first three issues in one of those Marvel must-have editions, and which was my you know smartly, so people bought st- them again. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, which oh, is they got stupid, they got but... you twice. Yeah, I didn't buy the one through three. I, I, I I'm I'm not that bad. And you said, please, but... sir, can I have another? And you bought the no. fourth. But it's it's funny that it's funny that you mentioned that they were talking about it in your store because we were talking about it. We were talking about both these books in my store as well, and it was it was really funny because there was a good cross section of opinion. There was one guy who really really loved the other crossover in Spider Man, thought it was great, thought it was what they were doing was fantastic, and then myself and another guy pretty much likened it to a train wreck or a car wreck where you 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 want to look away but you just can't you you it's you know you, I looked you have away. to god damn it and you know you're you're a better man than I and I didn't look away and good thing I didn't look away because you know and this is uh, you know you know in in the face of giving away spoilers and stuff like that I don't really care cuz it's so bad at the end of friendly neighborhood spider-man number 3 spider-man dies <laughs> he's dead is he really dead wow so the series is over no harm done yeah but but before he died, he he became. Oh, he puts a, a spirit at the bones. He became a spider. Oh God, his, we knew it was going to happen that way, didn't we? His eye t- eyes turned, or his eye, because one eye is missing. His eye turned red, and his teeth turned into little sharp fangs, and he grew this Wolverine-like claw out the bottom of his palm to stab the Moreland guy to kill him and keep him from killing from hurting Mary Jane. You know what? I didn't what? think it could get worse, but from what you said, it, it did. did. It did. Wow. And then, and then he died in Mary Jane's arms, and Iron Man took him away and flew away into the into the sunset. <laughs> that's pretty. But, that's pretty terrible. Yeah, and the the and collectively, this the, the other crossover has just been awful. And I and I wish I could. I, I I wish I didn't buy it, but it's almost like it's been so bad. I want to see how how are they gonna how can they. Get make it better or reclaim the badness or or it, there's got to be working towards something, and is that oh, payoff? See, there's be- there's your faith there. That is unfounded yeah. faith. Exactly. That's I that's I I feel betrayed, and I'd even read it, and I don't really care about Spider-Man that much, and I still feel. Yeah. Can I tell is you it- something? Right now, I feel oddly intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I'm gonna go pick it up, but I'm closer well, now to doing it. it than I was five minutes ago. Flip through it. That's uh, Spider Spider Man Black Hat. You you made the right decision. Just stay away from that one, Josh. It just yeah, but it, he draws it. pretty girls. I'm oh. I'm just done <laughs> worshiping at the Kevin Smith comic book altar. I can't. I'm pretty much done worshiping at the Kevin Smith county. comic book altar. It's <laughs> <laughs> just it. I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna. I you know when he first started writing comic books, I really was really excited and I thought they were good. And they I were bought good. Anything, I bought anything he put out. Now it's just like you know what. 
I don't begrudge you making movies, but if you're gonna write comics, write the comics. Don't don't do it half ass. Hey, Daredevil was great. I mean, Daredevil was great. wasn't Daredevil really good? Well, it's it's funny because it's the cover of Spider Man Black Cat has got you know like the Terry Dodson Black Cat and it's got Spider Man behind her, but then behind Spider Man is the shot of Daredevil holding onto the cross on top of the church, you know the, that that symbol from right. the Joe Kevin Smith's yeah. run, and that's what actually reminded me. I'm like, oh yeah, Kevin Smith had that great run on Daredevil. He also did like, a good I, Green it, Green Arrow. Yeah, no, they yeah. were good. It's just yeah, I, you know what? If you're gonna have two jobs, have two jobs. Don't. Don't take one on and put it down for three years. And it's and it's 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 upsetting because it's almost like he has two jobs, and the one job is the real job, and the second job is the job that he's really dropping the ball on. But because he's so cool, his boss is afraid to fire him. <laughs> you know, because basically that's what it is. I mean, Casada is so, and all of Marvel just love him so much. And if they publicly embarrass him or publicly, you know, say that's it, you don't finish your books on time, we're done with you. They they're afraid of the recoil. But you know what? They don't have to because people buy the books three years later. People will buy. Like he can Ridgens. do any book. He can wipe snot on a rag, and they'll sell more books than anything else. He's right. got an army. He's got an instant. As soon as you write something, they've got a top ten book. Yep. And and you know, who do you blame? You don't blame Marvel for that, I guess. I mean, they've clearly shown, as most publishers should and probably have to. You know, if you if you know people are going to buy it, put it out. They can't. They're almost so concerned with survival that they can't be concerned with quality at a certain point, which is sad. Right. But that's why you. Have well, which is funny Marvel. though, because because a couple of years ago, Marvel definitely was like that, where they were just putting out everything they could just to stay afloat. But now, I really think that Marvel has kind of turned the corner towards this kind of sense of quality. And if this were and... if this were two thousand, I would agree with you entirely. No, they yeah. they 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 went into the quality mode where they hired all those really. Good writers, but it's it's yep. flipped back around now. It's back. They're yeah. all those guys are gone. It's back to being crap. Yeah, well, I don't. No, I, don't, I, don't they're all gone, I bought but... literally. Uh, I buy on average one to two Marvel books a week, and that's that's usually Ultimate books. But but that's two but, years but ago. That's... I was buying five or six Marvel books a week. But that's yeah. that's but I think that's I mean I think I think a lot of it has to do with the quality and the creators and stuff like that. But that's also you know. By company lines, because no, it's not by company lines. The right, well, yeah, of course it is. I, absolutely of course not. It is. It's not. If the good writers that they brought in in that big revolution, the creative revolution, where they stole all the good writers from from DC and they brought in all the independent writers, those guys are all mostly gone now. All those guys are, or they're, or they're writing alternate books. I don't know. I, I mean, I think that's, they're still there. I mean, like they've and they're they're getting. They do have good quality there. The problem is that there's also crap like this other crossover, you know? What's the good quality? Besides the Ultimate books, what's really well, good? And well, besides the Ultimate books, you're arguing anything, for Marvel, anything, what do you buy? Anything Bendis doesn't write. Take away anything Bendis writes, and anything Okay, g- case in point, case in point. On a Lark, and, and you'll laugh, but purely because Darkhawk was on the cover, I bought uh, Marvel Team Up number 15, written by Kirkman. And I bought the last issue because it had the Invincible crossover, and it was good. And this issue... It was really good. I mean, like surprisingly so. Like, what my process of reading comics every week is that I I put them in a stack in the order that I want to read them in terms of like excitement. Mm-hmm. So typically, like like this week, you know, Strangers in Paradise was the first book I read, then Powers, then Ultimate Spider-Man, and I go all the way down and I finish with the crap. Typically, I read towards completely the completely oppositely. I read the crap first. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh no, I finish with the crap. I because I because but because by the time I get to the crap, I'm tired. And so I can flip through the crap pretty quickly where I don't want to flip through powers. You know, I want to absorb it. But anyway, so Marvel Team-Up was like the second or third to last book I read. And and once again, I didn't even I didn't even notice that Kirkman had wrote it. I, I literally picked it up. I'm like, oh my god, Darkhawk. And whenever Darkhawk's involved, I need to buy it because I love Darkhawk. 
Um, and because I still have 25 copies of his number one issue from 1990, um, it was going to be worth something. They told me. Anyway, um, you have Turok also. No, I don't have Turok, okay. the dinosaur hunter. Um, How many copies anyways, of Spider-Man One do you have? I only have one. I have the black, co- the, the silver cover. I have That's the silver one, one I have. Yeah. I, oh no, I'm sorry. I lied. I have two. I have a bagged purple cover. What about what about X-Men? One. X-Men, that's not so good. I have, <laughs> All those, remember remember how it was covers? It was the five covers, the four that made the long cover, yeah. and then the one pr- nice one. I have, I, have I think, those. five copies of each cover and then ten, co- <laughs> ten copies of the prestige one, of the nice one. <laughs> what are those Laugh it up. now? I was in middle school. What do you want? For? I was in middle school and had disposable income. How? Like, Were you selling drugs? Well, no, I was working. I was working at the library, man. I was making money. Right. I, if I wanted to buy comics, I had to I had to make my own money. That's what that's what it was. That's that's how I roll. <laughs> so anyway, um, so back to Marvel team up. So I read it last, and it was such a fun superhero read. I mean, and it's the first story of an arc, and basically, and I, it's it's out of continuity. It's got to be out of continuity unless they bring it all back in the next issue. But basically, it it pro, it profiles as some force from either from space or from wherever or no some force from the future comes back in time and starts systematically killing all the heroes um and they by like halfway through the book they've killed 90% of the heroes and so all that's really left is like Darkhawk and unfortunately X23 but Speedball from New Warriors and like Dagger and Arana the heart of the spider girl the spider chick girl and I guess now they're going to fight back and I know they're going to beat whoever's doing this in the next issue but it was just it was a fun read and it was great and it was you know there was nothing you know there's nothing bad about this book okay you've told me that there's uh, an issue maybe two that are good I think Connor and I were talking about runs where's the John Byrne Fantastic Four run Where's right. the other? I mean, there's Brian Bendis's Daredevil run. That's really good, but I think that what we're saying is that's probably an exception. Right. Well, no, I would. I, well, the thing is, are we counting Ultimates or are we not counting? No, we're ultimates? not counting Ultimates. No, we're, we're saying the Ultimates Bendis. are okay. good. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because right. we Bendis is good, Ultimates are good. But there was that two year, two or three years ago when they had like Morrison on X Men. They had Straczynski's first year of Spider Man. They had Bruce Jones's first year of Hulk. Somebody they had like good. every book in the line had a really strong creator on it. And I bought right. so much Marvel. Wade, they had brought Wade back to Captain America. I, I bought so much Marvel. Now I'm down okay. to watching books. Well, yeah. Well, what about? I mean, you. I mean, I don't read it, but you do. But Brubaker on Captain America. Right. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is that there, there. Uh, you're right. There has been, there has been lack of continuity in terms of the creators over the past couple of years, and on those on the classic titles. I, I agree. And the ones that have stuck around, unfortunately, have. Like Straczynski has ruined Spider-Man, and you know, and Claremont continues to you know go senile in the X universe. And but no, but I mean, I do, I do see what you mean. But at the same time, I think that I think that some, at least in your particular case, is that you are, as we've talked about before, you are more of a DC person, and so you'll come and go as the as you as the perceived quality exists. Whereas I'm not. you, I know you, I know you're not. I'm not talking about you. Um, whereas you, you'll stick with the DC stuff. Um, you know, kind of through thick and thin. Well, only, only, the, only the core Batman stuff. The rest of right. it, I, I, I drop and pick up. Depending well, yeah, I mean, I'm what only, we're I mean, saying I'm, is that the Marvel books aren't good like they were five years ago. No, not right. five. You haven't. You've just said why he's not sticking with them. That has nothing to do with it. They're not good anymore. There's yeah. nothing spectacular, except for the exceptions which we noted. They're out of their. They're out of their renaissance, and they're just into mediocrity just, right now. They're back to right. selling, sell, sell, sell. 
Yeah. Possibly, but I think I think that I, th- I mean I think that everything. Put down I mean, that you, coffee. To to a certain degree, I think everything's somewhat cyclical. I think some of the new crop that they have in right now are good. I mean, I think the fact that they've that they're that they're looking to lock up Kirkman is a smart move. Okay, great. Um, besides him, besides Kirkman and Mendes. Okay, you got you got Captain America's Brew uh, Brew Baker. I I read a little of that. I didn't love it, but uh, who else? What's going on? I don't know anybody else there. Well, they've got Jenkins. He's always good. He uh, was good. He was good for he's, the. He's humans. not anymore. He's like Milligan. Yeah. He he, he like Milligan came in. You were like excited, and it was that. Yeah. He's not anymore. He's just like a. He seems like he. See, that's the funny thing is that every, that's the one thing that I never understood is that everybody was all excited about Milligan, and I know that I'm I'm probably biased right now because I'm somewhat anti-Milligan. But even when Milligan started on X Factor, I didn't. You know, I wasn't that excited. I wasn't that. You know, I didn't know who he was, but everybody said yeah. he was really good, so I gave it a shot. And I enjoyed the first couple issues, and then I realized that it was just wacky for the sense of being wacky, and I didn't care. Right. Well, um, you know who you know who's that you know who they actually have, um, which has been pretty good, um, and starting to get a little more attention is uh, what's his face, uh, Dan Slott, uh, who wrote. He'll he's fit been, right in. He wrote the um, he wrote <laughs> She Hulk, and he's right uh, the the new She Hulk series. Um, which is the first volume was fanta- was supposed to be fantastic. I'm trying to track it down on trade if it's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I started picking up the the second volume of it, which is taking on a She-Hulk back to that kind of legal, she's a lawyer, superhero law kind of point of view. Um, and he also wrote that GLA, the Great Lakes Avengers one, which was great, which was a lot of fun, which was a fun read. Every so time he's kind of you enough. talk about a good series, you say, it takes us back to blank. Everything that you found in, I think in Marvel at least, is something that takes you back to an earlier time. It, I'm just very interested as we keep going on like this. It's like it takes us back to this. It's like very rarely that you've said a great series is something that does something completely new. GLA is like – that's like taking you back to West Coast Avengers from the mid-'80s, which I read. It was good stuff. But, but you possibly were the only person who read. Oh, man. It was great. I don't know why I really <laughs> liked it. I just – I liked the segmentation of it. I was like, they're not the Avengers. They're the West Coast Avengers. They're a satellite office. <laughs> I can relate to that. And then the Great Lakes, they weren't even really Avengers. <laughs> they just called themselves a real fat girl. There was a sheet with eyes. It was fantastic. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm just saying that that I think I think you might be right in in terms of looking at the past couple of years and that there has been a lot of movement within the books. Yeah. But I I think that there is. I mean, you talk about the great run. You know, like the the Cassidy, Whedon run will probably be that. Um, and when they come back and finish and do the next wave of astonishing, I'm sure. They'll How many of those were there though? Twelve. There were twelve. Yeah. Yep. That's 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 all right. I mean, I I really like. Do you remember like the Busiek run on Avengers? Right. God, that was right. good times. That was that was two or three yeah. solid years. But of... the but the thing but the thing is, and then I know Except we're triathlon. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> but look, my point I, of it was it was it was not one or instantly... two runs. It was it was like right. six or seven or eight simultaneous. All good, good runs books, a couple of years like, ago. Did you read this? That was good. Yeah, that was good. I mean, at the it same was a time, whole. It felt like a whole company-wide well, creative renaissance. That was sort of when, sort of when I th- Joe started. About then, right? Yeah, it was about then. We brought in all the he brought in all the writers, and then everyone. All the Marvel Knights guys like came over, and then. Mm-hmm. But this, and the thing is, is that I think to a certain to a certain degree is that that there's quality stuff there but I do agree that there's a they, they've it's it almost seems as if they've increased the number of um books they're doing and so there there's been a lot of you know um noise to the signal that you can't really you know you know um 
see between the lines to see what the good titles are, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, the problem is that really great creators that we were good or whatever have been there and for whatever reason have gone mediocre. They've I mean, gotten Ennis, complacent. Yeah, and I mean, Ennis is still there doing books. And, you know, that and, is and not... That, that may be... It, it may be that's Garth Ennis. That's Ennis. not Garth Ennis. Right, Do you no, remember... No, well, I, was, I was talking to this... I was talking to Connor about this. Either. Do you remember reading The Preacher Trades? Yeah. Do you remember, like, how much you could not wait to get to the end of it? And when you got to the end of one and you didn't have the next book around, it was painful? Yep. Not for yeah, me. I, I bought them all at once. Yeah, I want... <laughs> I bought all mine I, at once. Like, four of them, and then I bought two more, and then whatever. And then I finished them, actually, before the last one came out. So I had to wait, like, three months or something like that. And I, I've been, and I had the same feeling when I read through all the Lone Wolf and Cubs. I just, yep. I, I miss that. I have not had that in the longest time. I, I feel right. like. Well, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, I, I, I do think that it's a transition time for Marvel, and that a lot of the older guys who, who brought about what you were talking about, got either moved on or got complacent or got exclusive to DC, and now, you know. And Bendis has kind of been carrying everything. I mean, you talk about the great run, Daredevil. Bendis's Avengers has been great, and Connor, you, even you've been. Uh, it's that. been it's been very good. I wouldn't say it's been great. Yeah, well, I've I've, I've enjoyed. I think a lot I've, of the problem is the art's the art's not very good. Oh, I don't. I like the art. I like I, you the know art. who? You know that one? The artist who did the um, he did he worked on Fantastic Four, the number four title. I didn't buy it. I don't know. And um, and he worked on that. The, Morrison the arc, wrote that. The, the, this, no, no, no. Uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa wrote it. Talking about, um, I don't. I totally butchered his name, and I apologize. It's if, Aguirre. If, but um, and he drew the arc with the century. And what is the guy's name? Um, f- damn it! Nas nah, is gonna piss me off. <laughs> and he's doing something soon, and it's gonna be really good. I can't there was the four. There was the there was the four. Uh, the Grant Morrison did with Jay Lee writing or drawing it. I think. No, no, that wasn't called four. This was called like the number four. Right. Um, and remember, I wrote about it. I did. I, it yeah. was a pick of the week. I do remember. Yeah, and that that book was awesome. That book is awesome. I still that that four book. I, you see, the thing is, is that Marvel is similar to the way DC is, but Marvel is split up into all those little you know families. Is that the X Men, Avengers, Fantastic Four, Spider Man? I, I mean, yes, I read the X Men. I, every now and then, read Spider Man. I go on and off with Spider Man, um, and I'm close to going off. Uh, after being on for a couple of years, I don't read the Fantastic Four really, and I don't really read Avengers, Captain America, that whole world. But for some reason, that four book really caught my eye and was great, and has been great. And um, and the stuff Bendis has been doing with the Avengers and Spider Woman and and stuff like that has been has been great too. Spider Woman so. have a book, or is that in Avengers? Uh, Spider Woman is they're doing an origin book, and then they're. Um, and actually, the origin book is going to be done by the guys who did Ultra and are doing Girls over at Image, those brothers. Mm. Here's Here it is. Steve McNiven. That's his name. That penciler. Artist, whatever. And you like Sam. He's great. Steve McNiven's great. He's like, um, I read I read some quote of some other creator talking about him, and they said he's like Travis Charest on a, on schedule. Nice work with that, by the way. Yeah, so. Um, but anyway, I think, that, I think there is talent there, but... A talent at Marvel, and and I think you're right in your saying that for some reason it's got less, you know, excitement around it. But I think that's purely because of I hate to say it, but like management and editorial. Well, right, and I think that that's I think the main problem there is is one of it's one of consistency. There are little bright spots all over the place, but I honestly don't have the the I don't have the energy to chase out those bright spots, and they've made me not care about like I want something that's solid. I want like uh, Rucka's run on Detective for two or three years there. I mean, that was just that was just good comics reliably every single time. Greg Rucka's, by the way. 
he may, I think he's above Bendis in my book because his his books are, are even a little bit better in that sense, at least consistently. You know what I'm talking about, Connor? The, yes, the, 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 that's just yeah, no, exactly. It's 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 the consistent level of quality that, is, and it's and it has to do with what Ron said about the creative shuffling that's been going on a lot lately in Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I want before we. With, we could go off on, on this for but, a while, but I wanted to make two other points about books this week. Wait, before you, before you make your two other points, it could be said, though, that, that creative shuffling to all the rest of the books is happening due to the creative focusedness of the Ultimate line. Because they are staying focused with writers on the Ultimate line, and the quality is going there. And even Casada starting to refer to the Ultimate line as the you know the best of the best or the gold standard of Marvel Comics. i got to say about and, the Ultimate line, Josh made a joke about Mark Bagley's art uh, a few podcasts yeah. ago. Yeah. And uh, there was a couple of rough, really rough panels in the latest Ultimate. Well, I think I think I think everybody knows that Bagley's getting tired after 87 issues. His, his, his wrist is just killing him. Well, he does. He's day and night. He still, <laughs> no. works, still works all day shoveling coal. <laughs> but then, I mean, he's really phoned it in on some issues where you're like, there, yeah, there's no, no background the most there, re- and there clearly needs to be. More recently, he has. Well, this issue issue wasn't that bad, but um, I don't know. Anyway, he, I'm so- well, this he needs Peter Parker needs a new haircut. I'm sorry that. Yeah, that's agreed. It's it's been the same for that late nineties issues. Yeah, yeah. And the face is just so too wildly varying in terms of like look at the look at the first two pages. Peter's face is just that's not the way he looks. I had yeah, somebody no. point out to me once that that his 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 art's very flat. It's very two dimensional as opposed to three dimensional. And ever since that was said to me, I see it every time, and I can't. So I'll ruin it it's for like everyone else too. <laughs> Man, I like I like his uh, his Mary Jane's really good, but. Peter needs a new haircut. God, God, get him a new haircut. <laughs> anyway, so, so your two points. My two I'm points. Sorry, um, Peter needs a new haircut. No, that was that was my point two a. Point two is I don't know if you guys remember back when we were discussing infinite, the infinite crisis and my fears about what was going to happen afterwards. Yep. Uh, whether or not the, the Silver Age was going to come back. Yep. Well, the latest Superman, which is written by Mark for Hyden, who used to write Smallville. Uh, the TV show. Um, it made me ill because this is it was it was completely Silver Age Lex Luthor. He was he was flying around in planes, shooting people. He had a purple jumpsuit on. Mark he Frank. flashed back to when he was going to Smallville High with Clark. I mean, I don't know who this Lex Luthor is, but he's not the current Lex Luthor. He's completely the Silver Age Lex Luthor. Did the Silver Age Lex Luthor go to Smallville High? The Silver Age Lex Luthor did live in Smallville. I don't think he went to Smallville High, though. I didn't. Re- I didn't. Re- I've never. I haven't read the Silver Age Superman. I've only know what I've read about them. But he are, did. Are they trying to make it. Are they trying to make it more like TV Smallville? They are, but they actually had him as a classmate of Clark. Oh, weird. But but the point that wasn't that was disturbing. But more disturbing was stealing a plane, shooting a pilot, wearing a purple jumpsuit, uh, fighting an OMAC. Parachute. I mean, this is not businessman tycoon Lex Luthor. This is this is pure Silver Age superpowers with super friends Lex Luthor. Yeah, and I, that's that's a worrying trend. He's even got the jumpsuit on the green the green suit from the Superpowers toy line. I love that suit. While that was a great action figure, uh, yeah, that was such a not good a great figure. comic. Squeeze and his legs or his arms? Which, which squeeze part? his legs? Okay, and. God, I, after I finished that, I, I thought I closed the book and I went, "Oh no." Well, isn't Mark Verheiden like a? Let's say he's about 
50. He's not working on Smallville anymore. So he grew up with the Silver Age Superman. And he's right, not but, you know, they, he, he can't just write what he wants. Right, my oh. other point uh, is, a, is a book that Josh is familiar with, um, The Walking Dead from Robert Kirkman, we've discussed. The um, the new trade came out number volume four, and I really really like the first three the first three volumes. Oh, you know what is it about? Because I'm 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 slowly falling into Kirkman's camp, and and I know nothing about this book. The Walking it's, Dead is about Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, it's basically Dawn of the Dead. It's it's zombie zombies break out. However however it is that zombies break out, yeah. and this is about a band of survivors, people trying to live in a world that's. That zombified, oh. you know. How it's would a you? Personal story, though. It's yeah, really, it's, it's, it's about not about it's not about the zombies. Go. It's about the people. It's about how would you survive in a world where there's no food, there's no power, there's constantly in fear of dying. It's all know, paranoia. St- stuck together with people you don't know. It's about the people and how you you know the, inter- the interactions, and it's really good, I think. But it is. Oh, I don't want to hear it. I don't here's hear my problem. Oh. This is this is this is not a huge problem. It's just that I devoured the third one. If you're telling me the fourth one's no good, I have I have very little to live for. No, no, no. The I, the third one came out a while ago. And I don't remember how long ago I read it, but it was long enough ago where it took me half the book to really remember everything that had happened before, which was a big which was a problem. Oh, I know what you're gonna say. But and this is where I was talking before about similar looking characters, and and the artwork. Yeah. There are probably three or four guys in this group. There's a group of ten or so that we're following. Yep. And they're all very similar looking. It's They've a black and white look, too. It's black and white. They've all got sandy colored hair. They've all grown beards because there's really no shaving because it's, it's just, you know, they're zombies. Who's got time to shave? But So f- there's a good portion of the time where I don't know who is who. I, I, I can... I can I, yeah. Because there's the I've, main I've character cop guy. And then remember, remember at the, in the third book they met up with that family, right? And the family's got like the dad and the son. They've all got the same color hair as the cop, and they've all grown beards. I liked it. And they're all grizzly. Was... They're all grizzly looking, and you know there was the black guy, and you could tell the difference between him and the other guy. Right, but uh, there a... were times literally where I didn't know who was speaking and whether or not you know what what the interactions mean because you know it's if it's the son it's one thing, if it's the dad it's another, if it's the cop it's a completely different you know, and I I couldn't tell. A lot of back in that book. I What's think that? if I'm, I did a lot of flipping back in that book. Right. I think, and I can't quite reach my book. So, the artist on that's Tony Moore. No, it's Charlie Adlard. Really? Yeah. Oh, it switched over. Because yeah. Tony Moore was the guy. I think he did the first sort of chunk of them. Yeah. Uh, he also was the artist on Battle Pope, which was a much more cartoony book. Right. Like it was very stylized, so that you could, you know, you give one guy a big round head and another guy a huge nose, and you could differentiate them. But when you get to the point where you're trying to do it more re- realistic looking with a guy who has that stylistic style, I think they have a hard time differentiating. But even here, it's like they've got similar facial structures. They, I mean, literally, if you put the three faces next to each other, you would have a hard time picking them out. And that was well, a that big becomes problem. the that becomes the point of the artist to do something different. Give the one yeah, no, side just give the other guy spiky yeah, hair, give the other guy long hair. You know? Give him a different shaped nose. Give him a different shaped yeah. chin. They, they've got literally, it's it's. It, I really liked the story. It was it was good. You're not going to be disappointed with it if you're following the story. And Ron, I think you would really like it. But right, um, it's really very good. It, it just bothered me yet. last night that I, I was I was reading it last night actually and. I was like, who, who's that guy? Which which one is he? And and wait, is that the cop or is that the dad? I mean, it was, you know, that they're all haggard and dirty and right. they've all got bags under their eyes. And Connor, you're so good at describing that look, by the way. You'd be like, you're beaten, <laughs> haggard, dirty, grizzled. Yeah, and and, and kind of like me, second semester junior year of college, when I grew my beard. But um, 
it just it just really bothered me that the, you you got three guys and it's just so similarly year, by the way. And uh yeah. <laughs> and that just that just really I mean give one guy black hair. I mean they all had sandy colored hair and it's just really annoying. And it's black and white and they still have sandy colored hair? Yeah, well it's it's like grayscale. You know, it's black and white but it's it, there's a lot of gray in it. Yeah. So that that just that's just something that really stood out, stood out to me last night reading my book. You've just got to pay attention, which is not always you know you don't always want to do it because it it ruins the. But I do remember exactly what you're talking about flipping back. But I guess the mark of the book is that at the end of it, after I flipped back and I figured out who was talking, I didn't remember it because right. I enjoyed it enough so that I didn't care. Well, another thing, just this is just the writing thing is is he could he could throw in a few names occasionally. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not I mean not like hello Gus, how are you doing Gus? More like Occasionally throw in a name, you know. So I know that's that's Gus and not Bob. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Just so all of Connor's favorite books are written in the fifties. Hello, Gus. Yes. Hello, Hello, Bob. Frank. <laughs> hey, Frank and Jones. Gladys. Good, so, stand, good standard American white people names. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> that that was, but it was good. It was really good. I enjoyed it. But uh, hey, I have a friend named Marion. But um, so I think uh, you'll like it, Josh. But that just bothered me. All right. All right. That's a good point. Now you'll know to go back and look. Well, I, I think it's about that time. Well, oh, before we before we go, I just want to mention one book that I that I bought. Okay. Um, we didn't we didn't talk about Ron what he what he liked. Well, we, we talked enough. I mean, I bought you know blah blah blah. I bought Spider Man's. I bought the you know all the, the Marvel team up. Go read that. Ultimates was good. You know, was. usual type thing. Um, I I I went out on a lark and spent the quarter and bought the Penny Arcade comic. Oh, uh, from from Dark Horse. Dark Horse. I will let this continue. Okay, th- thank you. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, um, I'm a big Penny Arcade fan. Yeah, no. I, so explain and I'm, what I'm, Penny Arcade is. Josh, I'll let you since you listen. Like if somebody on open. here has found our website but has no idea what Penny Arcade is, that's just silly. <laughs> I mean, they probably get more visitors every day than they sell copies of the X Men three times over. <laughs> they have they have five staff members on that they pay. One of them is just to deal with their charity. <laughs> That's not a joke. <laughs> it's not. Like no, they literally have a person that they keep on their payroll to deal with their charity which makes hundreds of thousand dollars a year for for oh. kids. It's called child. That's fantastic. You donate toys and video games and stuff. They make a deal out of it. They're good they're good folks in that sense. Yeah, no, I've heard all good things and and Patrick Norton likes them, so I like them. I so. don't know who that is, but wait, do I? You, He's one of those uh, twit people, right? Yeah, he is. Okay. Yeah. Um it's a it's a webcomic about gaming. <laughs> yes, which is unusual and... for web comic. <laughs> they were the first, though, and they're so, and they're by far the best. Well, right, as evidenced by this one shot, which I got because so so anyway, so I'm kind of new to the Penny Arcade tip. I've really only started read them regularly this this past year. In you fact. just used tip like you're in a hip hop group in 1992. <laughs> this is how I roll. <laughs> Um, anyway. I'm in the 50s, Ron's in the early 90s. So it's, it's... <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so so I've been reading for the past year, and their site just redesigned, and I was and I was impressed from a technical standpoint of how it was built, and so yeah, so it's pretty cool. So you know, it's quarter. Dark Horse put it out. All right, cool. I'll pick it up. Um, and it had like the cover was like them playing, you know, the the main guys playing their PSPs, and I was like, oh, cool. On the subway, um, is it that shot? Yeah, I yeah, guess. That's yeah. It. Okay. Um, and. It reminded me of when PvP started being printed out by Image, because it's seemingly PvP it looks another like web comic about gaming. Another web comic, yes, by about, uh, about gaming. About gaming, yes. Um, player versus player. Um, but it, 
apparently, I mean, and Josh, you might you might want to pick this up when you go pick up your books to validate this, but th- it looks like these are all really early strips from Penny Arcade. It's possible. There's a huge difference between the early ones and the new ones. Like, yeah, because what's his? I, I don't know his real name, but uh, Gabe, he's got a real name. I forget what it is. Gabe's the artist has gotten so good. I mean, like the yeah, difference no. between like I, I re- really recommend anybody if you've got time just to keep that browser window open while you're at work and just sort of uh, systematically go through them, and you will see. And they're all good. They're good from the beginning, but like the level of his art and. I guess probably somewhat his civilian in Photoshop, but his art has gotten so good. So I'm guessing well, that if you're looking now, at them, you can tell. Yeah, now th- that's the thing, because I've been looking at it on the site, and I have been impressed by the art. I thought the art has been great. And then looking at this, how it's just so kind of amateurish and like kind of seemingly early. Like, it, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, and, and you guys are just going to tear me apart that this, but, you know, whatever. In elementary school, taking out those little Garfield books from the library and this, oh, this, the, the, the early library. Garfield art. Garfield, oh, the, the early Garfield ones, awful. yeah, and you're just and you're just like, oh, <laughs> that doesn't look like the guy in the paper, you know, like that. That's the exact feeling that I got. Was just like it was just like that. I, I, it took me a moment. Like I actually went to the site to compare the strip to the strip to be like, what is? And like there are jokes about the Dreamcast. And um, Soul Reaver and Resident it's, Evil Three. It's, so I'm not surprised, but it's an interesting choice that they went back to the early stuff. That was my point: was like that if this, is their, if this is their first foray into printed matter, why not go out gangbusters with something recent and and it's relevant and well and relevant? Yeah. May I suggest something that they haven't printed a comic book in all this time? Right. They're easily the biggest web comic on there. If they mention your site, your site crashes. Like they're huge, and they've never really paid much attention to it. So my guess is is that they probably didn't take it all that seriously. Well, I just, I just, uh, and as you were talking, I just figured it out. Now I feel pretty silly. <laughs> the, the 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 book was a quarter. The back, the inside back cover after the last strip is a full page ad promoting their first Penny Arcade collection from Dark Horse Books coming out in January. Oh, so it's like this a primer. Is, this is a this is a teaser to the collected book. Which then some kid is going to take out of his library and say, "This doesn't look like the guys in the web," and then they'll be hooked and buy all the rest of the collections. So that's so now I'm the I'm the moron. I'm the asshole. Conversation. I get it. Uh. Son of a bitch. <laughs> it was still it was still amusing, you, and I bet it, if it was 19, if it was 2000 2001, I probably would have laughed out loud at a lot of these. Did but. you guys buy uh, the PVP comics? I did. I sta- I started to, and then I stopped. Me too. Yeah, yeah same, same yeah. here. I I, yeah. I will say that uh, the, he goes through flashes and and uh, a brilliance. Flashes of brilliance. He really does. There was yeah. a there was a storyline he he did on his comic about a month ago. It was like Brent thought that Jade was pregnant, and it was it was really well done. It was. See, like I thought that was really boring. Really, like yeah. the end of it. I was it bored. He... Silly. Really. I thought it was way. I, I got like a cavity after reading it. It was. <laughs> I don't know. Well, like, see, but like, normally he's got a bunch of. You're the kid, and all. Well, normally he's got dick and cookie, fart jokes, but know? at the end of it, like, it, I mean, it just like it had an emotional overtone to it that he doesn't normally. And he does things where, if you watch from frame to frame, there'll be little tiny subtle changes which indicate changes in the character's mood or the. the I think he's very good. He is. He's, he's, he's supremely he's, talented. He is. He's yeah. really good at the pause frame. Yes. Yes. Like where somebody yes. says the, something. The pregnant pause. Pregnant the, pause. The, the, I mean, that's hard. The space to Ghost do. pregnant pause. Yeah. It's really hard to do in four frames or three frames, and he really does it well. But so go check out what is it pvponline.net or what yeah, is it? Sometimes it's crappy. This whole thing right now about the cat and the tree is dumb. 
Yeah. When he gets into the whole, he, when his whole pet, his whole pet fetish with his his pets, it's just. You also hate okay. pets, though. I hate pets and <laughs> babies. If for some reason you're one of the five people who have never heard of these, go to pvponline.com or pennyarcade. Is it penny penny dash arcade? Penny dash arcade.com. See now, Ron and I hadn't. I never really read Penny Arcade either until this year, so there are still people out there. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, the thing is, I knew it existed. Ew. But it was, you know, and it was, it was, it was mainly, you know, just to kind of stay on top of things because they seem to be coming up more and more in the conversation. Well, every once in a while, Josh would send us a comic and email, like, ah, how funny, and then I would, I would never look yeah. at the site. So I'm just. So, I mean, it was only probably three, four months ago that I actually went back and read all through them. But I've probably been reading Penny Arcade regularly for about six months. I've probably been, re- I've been reading PVP for about two years or more now. Yeah. You know, reading. you know what it was for Penny Arcade. It was when they started doing all the Warcraft humor. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's what it was. The the moment it was relevant, that's when I started looking at it more. Yes. You know, because the thing is, is that like while I, I consider myself, you know, a, a somewhat of a gamer, I'm not like, you know, no, I know no kind of rabbit, gamer. We we all like to play le- games and Warcraft and Halo and, and such, but yeah. we are by we are gamers. by no means yeah. gamers. Yeah, exactly. So. Oh God, I want an Xbox 360. <laughs> oh oh man, God, you know, so badly. I had a go. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been another edition of the iFanboy Pick the Week podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear our previous podcasts, just go to iFanboy.com. And if you want to read Connor's review of Gotham Central number 38, pick, Gotham Central number 38, go to iFanboy.com and click on Pick of the Week. And you can read all of our previous Pick of the Weeks. And you can find us on iTunes if you haven't already found us there. Audio. Yahoo or Podnova or any of the other fantastic podcasting services. So, that said, have a great weekend and we'll see you next week. Mazel. Bye-bye. (laughs) 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 You okay there? What are you getting sick again? No, it's. I feel a lot better. It just. Oh, I got. I coughed all over the monitor. <laughs> um, <laughs> in there. Um, in there. <laughs>